Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror, and I'm truly excited about tonight's topic. We have our first live interview with the world's first conscious rebel, Miss Felicia G. Meadows. If you want to chime in, you can do so by pressing the number one on your phone. And without further ado, let me bring our co-host, Michelle Johnson, on board. Good evening, Michelle. How are you doing today? Hello, Michelle. I think I was on uh, the show's meet of the guy. <laughs> Hello. 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 I'm here. Police is here. Hello. Yes, hello. I do apologize. It looks like we're having some technical difficulty on this end, and we'll just start that again to make sure. Did anybody hear anything I said? No, just now, yes. I just heard you just now. That was it. I do apologize for those. Again, I will say that one more time. Um, I do apologize. Good evening. I'm Hezekiah Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror, and I'm truly excited about tonight's topic. We have our first live interview with the world's first conscious rebel, Miss Felisa G. Meadows. If you want to chime in, you can do so by pressing the number one on your phone. And without further ado, again, I will bring the great co-host, the best co-host a person could ever have for their show, Nichelle Johnson. Welcome back to the show, Nichelle. And I was saying thank you. <laughs> Glad to be back. I do apologize. And now, before we bring on, and we're going to say hi in a minute, Miss Felicia Meadows currently works as a professional school counselor. She has worked in the field of education for almost 20 years and has experience at each level from elementary to high school. In addition to being a counselor, Miss Meadows is also a youth coach. She uses her skills and experience efficiently to empower students, parents, and other individuals to create fulfilling educational and life experiences, which embodies her motto, step up your life. As the founder and CEO of Tomorrow's Future Coaching and Consulting, Miss Meadows empowers young people to find their passion and purpose so they can create the life of their dreams. Ms. Meadows earned both her Bachelor of Science Psychology degree and Master of Education degree in guidance and counseling from Bowie State University and studied with the, with the Institute for Life Coach Training to become a life coach. She has taken coursework in urban education 
to enhance her skills working with diverse populations. During 2013 to 20, I'm sorry, during 2012 to 2013 school year, Ms. Meadows was a member of the Congresswoman Donna Edwards Education Committee and served as moderator for the Congresswoman's 2012 Annual College Fair. She has continued to serve on Congresswoman's Edwards Education Committee. Ms. Ms. Meadows has also presented as a panelist at several conferences, summits, and symposiums with topics ranging from college and careers to turning your dreams to reality. Wow, that is a, how shall I say, that is a resume. And so Ms. Meadows really doesn't have much to bring us, but a lot to tell us right now. So Ms. Meadows, without further ado, again, I'm going to bring you on. And I want you to introduce yourself, give us some information about yourself, and tell us more about you and what you do. Well, great afternoon. Great afternoon. Thank you so very much for having me. Every time uh, I listen to my bio, I'm like, are they talking about me? No, just kidding. <laughs> but, um, yes, like you said, I have been in the field of education. I can't forget I believe it. Next, you know, 2016 will be 20 years. Now, what we like to do, um, we like to keep it real because our model is real people, real stories, real overcomers. Give us an example of something that actually you went through to bring you to this point in your life because you didn't wake up and just say, hey, this is what I want to do because we all had to have a start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I like a lot of the stuff that we talked about when we actually, when I first met you at um, C. Maria Wall's Expo. So, just you know, some of that stuff that you talked about, bring it on to and let my listeners see what was going on in your life to bring you to where you're at right now. So, as, you know, I tell people, if, um, you know, I was fortunate. A lot of people don't aren't fortunate to know what it is. Not even you know at a young age, but even a lot of adults still are struggling with what they were designed to do. We're all, we have all been created, put on this earth to do something. We all have been purposed to do something. So when I was younger, and I didn't make the connection, when I was younger, I was in the neighborhood babysitter. I just loved kids. That was my thing, love, 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 love kids. And I always had the kids with me, always had all the neighborhood kids. That was my thing. I just loved kids. And so um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I didn't mention this when we first talked because it was my first field, but I've always also been very analytical. I would analyze, I still into this, I analyze everything. Someone, my, my friends get so annoyed with me because I can't just have one general conversation because it turns to this whole deep philosophical analytical debate all the time because I just wanted, wanted to understand why people do what they do and what makes people think and why people think the way they do and behave the way they do. And I've always been like that since, since I was young. Fortunate enough in 
high school, really it was a fluke. It really was a fluke. In high school, I took a psychology class in 12th grade, and the only reason I got into the class is because there was a glitch in my schedule, and I didn't have, I needed that credit to graduate. And I got that, got into that fight class in 12th grade and fell in love, like love, 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 fight. And that, at that point, I decided that I would major in psychology when I graduated from high school. Now, up until that point, my whole, um, I think probably all high school up until that point, I just knew I was going to be a lawyer. That was my, my thing because I debate everything. Everything is debatable to me. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> everything is a debate. Like, I know a lot of people like that, so you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. So, everything was a debate. I'm like, no, because I'm, I, you know, and, I, and it's the crazy thing, you know, not only arguing my points, but usually I would say 90% of the time I'm right. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer. You know, that's what I'm going to do. So, as soon as I got in the fight class, I was like, oh, gosh, this, you know, this, um, and, there was a, you know, there was a lot going on. You know, when you're young, unfortunately, I didn't have anyone to give me any, any direction. No one, no adult said to me, you know, what do you want, not other than just what do you want to be when you grow up. You can ask kids that, and they tell you pretty much doctor, lawyer, teacher, the things they know. Uh, not necessarily what you love to do or what are you passionate about or what do you think you were put here to do. It's really what do you want to be, go to school, find a job, and do it. No real direction. And so... Um, I finished school, and I started, I majored in psychology. Love, 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 love psychology. And one day, I was leaving the house, and on my way to school, actually, and my next-door neighbor said to me, well, oh, yeah, you know, you're in school, what are you majoring in? I said, I'm majoring in psychology. Well, what are you going to do with that? You're never going to make any money in that. So why would you major in psychology? Mind you. I've known the man since I was probably four, five, five or six. You know, he, his, my friends, his children were my age. So I'm thinking this adult is giving me advice. I'm like, well, hey, you know, he should know what he's talking about. He's an adult. Maybe I won't make any money in sight, even though this is what I love to do. So at the time, that's when computers were big. Everybody was, money's in computers. Got to do computers, whatever. Did I like it? No. Was I really interested in it? No. Did, was I thinking that I needed to make a living? Yes. So what did I do with no direction, of course? I switched my major to computer information system. Now, was I okay with the program? I did a, a nine-month certificate program. did well in the program, but I was like, I don't want to do this. And around the time, around the same time, it was kind of, you know, I tell people this and they kind of laugh. I used to rap when I was younger. I used to be part of a rap group and everything. And I was really into the music thing. And so I said, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to do computers. Let me go into communication. So I said, again, communication. Gotten that. No, that's not what I want to do either. So I ended up switching back to, of course, you guessed it, psychology, <laughs> because that's what I love to do. So um, in 1996, you know, at the time, um, 91, I had my oldest daughter, and of course, the thing is, you know, you got to, you need to be gainfully employed. You need to get a job. And you, you know, I'm, I'm just have a very strong work ethic, very strong work ethic. So I know how to get a job. So got my good government government job, like people say. <laughs> Started working for the government because I had someone to take care of. And I like the people because I'm a people person, very social people person. Like the people, I hated what I was doing, and I still kept going back to. I need to finish school and 
to do the fight thing because that's what I really want to do. And I knew that I could combine my love of psychology and my love for children to be a school counselor because I, I just used to see so many adults, um, and even adults a lot of times who, who are charged with educating children and helping children, doing such a disservice to them, just really destroying kids, <laughs> period. So well, that's one of the reasons why I was like, you know, I really want to be a school counselor. Not to mention my school counselor was horrible. He was four grade old. And I vowed that I would never do that, what he did to uh, with my my you know, former classmates of color, you know, who was, who was, who was, who were in AP class and the honors classes. We didn't get, you know, it was just, he just brushed us off like we didn't exist. And I, that was one reason why I really decided to become a school counselor is to help babies find their direction and understand who they are and to help them live whatever dream they have to live. So, like I said, in 1996, um, after saying, okay, I'm, I can't do this. I really can't sit behind a desk every day and do almost nothing. I just can't be, I just can't do this. I quit my job, and I went back to school full-time. And because I had been going to school all along, I'm just a strong advocate of education. I've been going to school the whole time. I only had three semesters left. So finished my undergrad, then went straight through, got my master's in education, and I've been doing what I love ever since. Wow, that's that's awesome. But I will back up a little bit because um, I know you said you stopped. Um, you had a cut. You needed like one class left, and you picked psychology. And I'm like, okay, I didn't even like psychology in college because there was too much reading. And you talking about, okay, I'm going to take this up in um high school. Yeah. And I know the other kids probably were looking at you like, is is is, is this kind of what? You're probably the only one, and I'm just, you know, keeping it real. You're probably the only one who wanted to take that psychology class because I know one thing, you know, I love reading, but with psychology, it's a lot of reading. So, I, And I commend you for that because you took the challenge mm-hmm. and you fell in love with it. And um, then, you know, I, I noticed you were talking about that. You basically was matriculating a lot or going back and forth because you weren't mm-hmm. sure. You, in your mind, but you were being swayed by other people. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't think adults should do. And I'm talking to all those adults. Yeah. You know, you know, you if 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 a young person comes to you and say this is what they want to do, get hey, look, give them that chance. Yeah. Because we can't sway our opinion on other young people, and this is what we have a this is what we have a problem of doing. You know, because you might not have. Um, you might not have, you know, had to go through all those other things. If yeah. he was, oh, that's a good idea. You know, what if you need any help, I'll help you. But due to the fact that, and, you know, I'm going to keep it real. Sometimes we say, you know, psychology is a white thing, but, you know, psychology is also a black thing, too, because we all have a brain we all have a mind. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to put that out there because, you know, we need strong people to help the young people to help the adults, you know, to know what's going on. So I commend you and I applaud you because, you know, that's not an easy subject, but you actually got out there and did it. And loved it. Loved. Well, you know, let me tell you the ironic thing is that um, last year, my neighbor, who gave me that advice, he passed away. 
Um, and what I found, it was it all came full circle. And his obituary, his undergrad, he was a psychology major. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was a psych major, he was a dual major, psychology and something else. But he was basing what he was telling me probably on his own experience. You know, right. People come from their experience without realizing, and he probably, I mean, he, I, I never told him that I changed my major because we had a conversation. But reading his obituary, I said, that's why he said that to me. And little did he know, just those words, based on his own biases and his own scenarios and his own circumstances, he was painting what he was telling me based on his perception and his experience, but it's not, which is not everyone's experience. So you're right. right. If he had said, you know, well, this is my experience with it, but maybe you can, you know, or maybe, you know, what do you want to do with it? You know, just kind of took a different spin on it. I probably wouldn't have switched my major as many times as I did, you know. Right. You know, and, and, and but that was based on his perception, which is, you know, right. Now that it was crazy, you know, that's going on with the situation. Wow, it all came full circle. But right. Young person, you don't know that. <laughs> so right. Mm-hmm. To why you say what you say, and you know why people do what they do, just shed a little light. But like I said, yeah, I he could have. Yeah. He could have came to he could have came to you and said, "Well, this was my experience with it, yeah. but maybe you'll have a better experience than yeah. I did because everybody's experience doing something is not always going to be the same. Right. So we have to be careful of playing people just because of our opinion of our experiences because all experiences are not going to be the same. Any comments, Michelle? I just wanted to say um, the last the time I was able to hear um, Felicia speak, one of the things she said is if you uh, if if what you're doing you're not happy doing that then don't do it. And it was funny because that was that's along the lines of what we're talking about now about actually pursuing your true passion, what makes mm-hmm. you happy. But the thing that I love is that the statement was so simple. And I think we make it so complicated. You know, we we listen to whatever people are telling us to do, like our parents, like our peers, our friends, you know, people who may care and about us and love us, but you don't know, they don't know your true passion. Only you know right. your true passion and what makes you truly happy. And that statement was just so simple. And it hit me because it was so simple. If it do, If I'm not happy, just don't do it. <laughs> right. Well, I love right. it. Don't do it. No. All right. I have a comment from uh, a couple comments from C. Maria Wall, who's in our chat room, and we love her dearly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to scroll up to see what she was saying. She said, "I love I love psychology, but I made." the mistake of taking it with sociology Mm. and they are opposites in many ways. Mm -hmm. So I gave up, (laughs) but I wanted to know if Felicia has found there is a pattern in human race reactions and emotions. That was a question to you. Her question is that there is a pattern in human reactions and emotions. 
there's a pattern. Before you, before you answer that, Felicia, the, your voice is kind of low. I was going to ask if maybe you could turn yourself up or maybe speak louder. I don't know, but your voice is, is a little low. Can you all hear me better now? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's excellent. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Cool. Yeah, um, I'm going to drop my mic down a little bit. Um, patterns in terms of how we react to certain things? Is that her question? Yeah, patterns in human re reactions and emotions. Um, I, I guess I'm thinking I need a little bit more clarification. In other words, she, in other words, she said, "Have you found there is a pattern in human reactions and emotions?" I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of how how she wants me to answer that in terms of patterns in people overall, or that do people typically tend to fall into the same pattern of their emotional responses to life circumstances? <laughs> Uh oh, well, she's about to call in. She's okay. about to chime in. So it's on now. She's a little early with the questions and stuff, but hey, I'm not going to stop her. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, but um, she said, yes, following a passion is such a simple thing when she was agreeing with um, you and Michelle. A simple, simple thing. If we ignore the experts who have no real success or experience. Yes. Yes. And, yes, see, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh. Um, and I was gonna kinda of piggyback to on what Michelle said and kinda of what I um said earlier, is people who have a lot of times people have either two categories. People who have no experience in what you're trying to do and try to tell you how to do it. Or people who try to do it have not been successful at it, and because they haven't been there, not trying to let you be successful at it either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, because no one understands your dream like you understand your dream. No one understands that it's yours. If right. they understood, they'd be there. <laughs> so, um, you know, people don't understand your passion. They don't understand your purpose. You know, and it's funny to me because a lot of times people say, oh my gosh, you know, you work with kids. How can you work with kids? Well, first of all, we were all children. That's number one. That's number one. <laughs> and someone had to work with us to get us where we are. And mm -hmm. children are a product of the adults in their environment. So don't get mad at the kids. Get mad at the grown folks. That's number two. Right. <laughs> you know, and you know, I joke, I tell people all the time, you know, I can deal with kids all day long. It's grown folks that have a hard time dealing with real. Because children are moldable, they're open, they're receptive. And they're only doing what they've already learned. So, if learn behavior because yeah. you know I've, I've I've been in the classroom before, and a lot of times parents will say, "My kids never did that," and I say to myself, "Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they did, did that yeah, stuff did. at home. They did yeah. at home. We let them get away with it, yeah. and they just brought it to the classroom. And yeah. basically, but you keep saying you're you're in denial." <laughs> oh, they never acted like this way. Yeah, they did, because it's a learning behavior. Whatever you learned at home, mm -hmm. you brought it back to the classroom. Yes. And mind you, know, some of those little jokers, they got their own thing they got going on. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you know, a lot, sometimes they do, you know, but for the most part, certain behaviors, you, it, it did disappear when they got to school. Right. You know, gone are the days right. of do as I say, you know, not as I do. Because kids, well, you know, they mimic everything we do, and they see. What Amen. We you know, and if I mean, if, even as an adult, I mean, nobody's perfect. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We all have our faults and flaws and all that wonderful stuff. 
when you have real conversations with your children just about life, real life conversations with them, then you see a change in their behavior. No matter, even, if you, even if you're not always doing the right thing, because we don't, but if you even say, you know, really, I shouldn't be doing this, and you know I shouldn't, but I'm trying to work on this, or I'm trying to do this, or I want you to be better than, than what I'm doing or do better. Right, but, right. But, you know, we, we put these kids in situations and expect them to make adult decisions with their little baby brain. So, right, you know, right. it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's very disheartening for us. All right. Because of- All right. Oh. We're going to actually bring on uh, Miss Wall because she has a yeah. question. And Miss Wall, see Maria, how art thou? Good evening, everyone. How are you? Hi, see Maria. Good evening. Great evening. Hey, sis. How are you? Um, I'm good. good. I, I, I just have a few um questions. What I was asking was, uh, as I said, I turned away from psychology and then I went to school and studied law. And for those of if you know anything about law, law is not based on right or wrong. Pretty much it's based on when they go and stay at the sizes and they look at cases that are very like or pretty much almost identical to something else. And in law, I noticed that there is a pattern in the way that people respond to things in behavior. There are so okay. many cases that are almost identical to one another. And I was asking if you noticed a pattern in the way that people react and or respond, mostly react, I guess we could say, to that. Because, you know, when your neighbor said, um, when your neighbor told you what you want to do that for, you know, people always say, People are always going to cut you down. You never do business with family and close mm-hmm. friends, things like that, because you know, <laughs> the one, you know how they're going to respond to things. And there's mm-hmm. so many people that know that people are going to cut them down. So me and my family, I don't even waste my to them. I don't want them to support me or anything because I know they're going to be trying to tear me down or pray against me or whatever it is behind my back. So why even mm-hmm. attempt it? Or they want a discount, discount, mm-hmm. friends and family discounts, mm-hmm. things like that. So <laughs> in, your, in your profession, do you see a pattern like we do in law? Let's put it this way, like I do in law. Let's, let's answer it that way. Okay. Oh, ask. So all right, I'm thinking twofold because one, people reacting a certain way, emotionally a certain things is really a sociological thing, and you know that, Maria. That's a sociological piece because um, people behave in certain ways based on sociology. Now, thought processes—we all each have, we all have our own thought process, processes based on our own personal experience, and when it goes to when people react certain ways, like if, if we just want to say, for example, when you tell, you talk about the naysayers, you talk about the haters, okay, for example. <laughs> we we'll talk about the haters. Mm-hmm. Um, most people hate from out of fear, either feel for, fearful that something, they, they want you to be safe in a safe haven. So it's great when we're on the same level, doing the same thing, running in the same circle. Right. You know, but then that fear kicks in for them. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, either one is person is going to be doing better than me, so I can't let that happen. Or two, they're not, right. we're not going to be in the same circle because they're going to be elevated to a different level. So that really mm. comes from fear. You know, fear of being dismissed or fear of not having the same kind of relationship or, and also fear of the unknown. So when they do this, 
because we have we all have that fight or flight instinct. You know, and I, I want to be safe. I need to be safe. If I'm not safe, I need to run and do something else because I need to be in a safe space. And a lot of people don't have that, you know, let's jump out the parachute mentality. They don't have that. Most people don't. Um, there are very few of us <laughs> who do, who think a little differently than than others. Um, but it really is about being fearful, fear of the unknown, or fear that something is going to take them out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. That's them from. Well, do, do you think that fear is only one part of that bigger picture and another part is simply the fact that a lot of people do live in what they call that crab pot mentality where how dare you get ahead of me? They'd rather everyone sit at rock bottom and be miserable than to uplift one another. The person that mm-hmm. is ready to excel, they don't want to do that. They'd rather keep pulling that person down like crabs are getting ready to go into that boiling pot, you know, that pot of steam, instead of them uplifting one another. And and I guess a, a bigger question is, do you think that that is um, an issue that actually plagues uh, certain or all social economic groups in society today? I don't think it plagues – well, I, I do feel this, that there are a certain number of people, period, in life, we're going to be cutthroat no matter what. You know, even if they're at the top, we'll still be cutthroat because that's just who they are as people. But it seems to be, especially in our community, uncertainty has been a learned behavior. It went back to, again, survival of the fittest, like, you know, fight or flight. Where where do I fit in even 400 years ago? You know, i got to stay in massive good graces, so I need to make sure that the people around me, you know, i got to keep them down because I need to make sure I'm straight. You know, so survival, survival mm-hmm. techniques. And I just think that's been learned behavior, and we've done it so long, we continue to do it. But there's still people, in, I think, in all socioeconomic statuses and all um, ethnic ethnic groups that still are cutthroat. But I just think, really, when it comes to us and our people, that really is a problem because of what we've learned over the years and how we've dealt with each other over the years. It is a major problem. Now, I've talked to some people, and not, and I, I'm from the DMV, some people like Department of Motor Vehicle, no, D.C., Virginia, that's the DMV. So I've been here my whole life, right. and I hear, I've heard from people outside of this area, this everything, like this, this area is really known for that crab in the barrel mentality. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if all the crabs flock to the DMV. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> you know, they all said, okay, you know, bro, there's some crabs, so maybe that's what that's about. I don't know, but... um. I don't know, but it really seems to be prevalent in this area, and a lot of people say they don't see that in other areas. So that would just—I would like to find that out from a different perspective. People outside of the this immediate area, or even the West Coast—I mean, the East Coast—is there a difference in how people do and treat each other when, when you're in, that, in, in this, you know, thing called life, <laughs> trying to get get better and get ahead? I I think I I think I'll take a, a note from um what I wanna say it was Maria but it might have been Felicia what what you were saying earlier is that um it's a learned behavior. I think it might have been Maria. But um but the it was Felicia, okay. So it was a learn it's a learned behavior. So I think probably in this area now that was really interesting to me i would love to see that too if it's different outside of the the dmv but Mm -hmm. in this area it's probably a learned behavior because 
you know, people did that and people watched them do it and learned that from them and then it's gone on and on and on. So that may be why, uh, but I know we do experience it here. Mm-hmm. And okay. Well, as Felicia said, but Felicia said that the children are mimicking what they see. When the parents are irresponsible mm-hmm. and the parents act like the children, then that's where the problem comes in. You can look on any social media and see where the parents are egging their kids on the fight or the parents are doing this or the parents are very immature. And then you have that section where the parents have gotten a blade or two of grass and they think they have arrived, but they where they've arrived to because they have to work 27 jobs apiece just to stay up there in their little posh, posh land to impress somebody when nobody has. And that's the haters are trying to take what they have from them. But they have to be in that environment. So the children end up raising themselves. And that's where people like all of us come in because these children are looking to us to raise them because their parents certainly aren't. If mama's out in the club and she's putting on her makeup and her dress is all the way up to her, you know, nah-nah, uh-uh, and all of that, and her daughter's dressing the same way, what is that saying? Then they say, I'm a lady. You're a lady what? Right. You know, it's just a vicious cycle that's going on. Right. And that's basically what you were saying, Maria, and I'm going to comment on that. Babies are having babies. They're immature. They haven't matured. Then when they have babies, they're still, trying to be a, they're still trying to be a child as they're getting older with the same child mentality. They haven't matured enough to say, hey, look, I have to take this child, teach this child how to be. The Bible says train a child the way it can go. But if that child hasn't grown up, when a child has a child, we're back, as she says, in this vicious cycle of children raising children raising children three generations of the same thing going on and then as we say in this um in this area where we say the the crab mentality because people are afraid that the satan sets this mentality into them that you know why try to be different why try to get ahead why try to succeed why you know you're more worried about the other person instead of saying well, i'm gonna be an individual i'm going to take myself go to school do what i need to do to break this vicious cycle. And I read somewhere and I use it myself and I tell myself, fear, what is fear? False evidence appearing real. That's your acronym for fear. False evidence appearing real. We're going out here thinking, you know, fear is setting in for us trying to be different, trying to succeed, trying to get that business together, trying as you was doing, trying to go to school, people telling you, hey, don't do this or don't do that. But because they were afraid to take a chance, but if we're not afraid to take a chance, then we won't have to worry about moving forward. But if we have to have to take that first faith step, as the Bible says, take that first step, have faith, and like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to be different. And sometimes, as, and I'm going to take off of Felicia, sometimes we have to be the rebel. People may not understand it, but sometimes we may have to be that rebel to say, hey, look, I'm going to be different. They may look at you as you off the hook, but, you know, because you're being different and people don't like different. They want, you know, they want it to stay the way it's supposed to be. But on that note, just want to mention you're listening live, uh, The Man in the Mirror with host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host uh, Nichelle Johnson with our special guest tonight, Miss um, Felicia G. Meadows. Um, and we call her the Conscious Rebel. Um, any, um, we get ready to take a break. I'm going to bring everybody back on, but, um, any uh, more comments, um, Michelle? 
just wanted to say this is this is very great conversation. I'm really enjoying it, and really that is the reason why we need people like Felicia to bring some influence to our young people and kind of deprogram them from you know the way that they have been programmed with some things that just aren't too great. So the more people like her that are in their lives, they're able to see something different. And if they can see something different, then they can do something different. Amen. And I want you ladies to hold on because we're going to finish this because I have that great question to ask. That one question about a rebel to ask um, Miss Felicia, but I need you guys to hold on and we'll be right back. Um, We're going to Give a couple words from our sponsors, Music Instruction for All Learners. Now, Music Instruction for All Learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact contact us at 443-574-5491 and set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.musicinstructionfal.com. Another sponsor is Kirby Boss Project. Kirby Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Kirby chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Kirby Boss Project and their website at www.kirbyboss.com. Com, and we're going to take a few minutes break, and we're going to continue this great conversation with Miss Felicia Meadows, the Conscious Rebel.
We are now back live with The Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. And we are with this fantastic lady this evening, Felicia G. Meadows, the Conscious Rebel. We've been talking about this Conscious Rebel. And before we even get into that part of our tonight's show, we still have about, uh, if I'm correct, a little under... 15 minutes left, so if you want to call in, call in at 917-889-2271 and press the number one on your phone if you have any questions while we are talking with a special guest this evening. And Ms. Meadows, please, Ms. Felicia, I'm sorry, please give us your contact information for those who would like to, you know, get contact or buy that special book that you're part of. So with this time, please give us your information. Uh, yes, I am on Facebook at Felicia Meadows. On my page, it says Step Up Your Life in parentheses. Of course, that was my name, and then I got kicked out of Facebook, and I had to change it. But it will be back in a couple, <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> wow. wow. That's, yeah, that's been my moniker for years. So, um, But it's Felicia Meadows, and Step Up Your Life is on my page, so you'll know that's me. I'm on Twitter at Felicia G. Meadows. If, um, I can put my information on the page, too, as well. Uh, if you want to contact me via email, my email is felicia.stepupyourlife <laughs> at gmail.com. Excellent. Now, here's the question of the night. What is it? And you talked about this. Now, when I you know, give us some brief synopsis of being a rebel or a conscience rebel. Okay. So here's my feeling. You ready to get down the journey? <laughs> because when you say, you know, you hear the word rebel, people say rebel, they're like, okay, you know, we know rebels are, we go against the grain. We are always opposing something, opposition of something. So as far as I can remember, I have always been a rebel. I've been to beating my own drum. I don't follow the status quo. I've just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that makes sense, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> when um, I, I was younger, you can believe that got me in trouble. Uh, so as, as I got older 
and realize that um, maybe I need to flip it a little bit and, and change it into a, a little bit more conscientious realm in terms of, you know, being a conscious rebel is really about be dancing to the beat of your own drum, opposing things that you do not believe in or things that you do not agree with, but doing it in a conscientious way. So, you know, I, I shared before, you know, we all, you know, I'm sure people raise here, we've all been on, I'll just use that just as an example, on jobs where they are so rude and so stupid and ridiculous. And they're doing it. You know, they do it. You know, I would be that one, well, like, this makes no sense. Why are we doing this? You know? So, you know, and then I would say, well, you know, I have to conform somewhat because it is a rule. We, the rules are, are, are put in place for specific reasons. So um, you have to abide by them to a certain degree. But if something, something doesn't make sense, then question it. You know, I mean, really. Question <laughs> something that sounds crazy. That's just where I am with it. If it sounds crazy, why are we doing that? And nine times out of ten, people can't even tell you why. You know, they really can't. They're like, uh, I don't know. We've been doing it for years. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> No. Why are you doing it? I don't know. Okay, so we need to do something about that. So that has just always just been my take. You know, just for the betterment, you know, you're, you're a rebel, but it's for the betterment of not only yourself, but for other people as well. So you, you're a rebel in the sense that you're trying to make things better for you and the people around you. And I have an acronym that I use for the conscious rebel, the R-E-B-E-L. So R stands for being revolutionary. You can't have a revolution without rebels. You have to do something that you've never done before. Make a change. Make a difference. You know, don't make a ripple, make a wave. You have to be revolutionary in your approach. The next E is extraordinary. We are all extraordinary people. We all have gifts and talents and things that we possess that we don't even use. Or people, like, mm -hmm. like we were talking about earlier, have suppressed us. We're all extraordinary. We're all born extraordinary, and we need to be extraordinary. So we need to find our gift, our passion, and our purpose and use it to our benefit. We must also be bold. Now, when people think bold, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a little old so, you know, I can do stuff my way, you know. I'm a little outspoken. <laughs> so, but everyone doesn't, you know, everyone's not that way. If you still have people who are introverts, they can make bold moves. You know, you, you do it behind the scenes or you do it in a way that you don't necessarily have to be the person in the forefront or the person that's being seen, but you know whatever bold move you're going to make or whatever bold thing you're going to do is either going to better you or better somebody else. also has to be ever-evolving. You know, I, I shared mm -hmm. earlier about my story of how, you know, I, I went from, you know, being the psych major to doing the computer thing to going back to doing communications and going back to psych. You know, as, as I evolved and got a little older, you know, I realized what I wanted at 21 is not what I want now at 46. So you can't stay in the same space that you've been in your whole life. You have to constantly evolve. And that means doing things that, you, that you've never done or you might be scared or fearful of doing. But you have to be ever evolving. You know, I, I shared when Hezekiah uh, was at the at C. Marie's event, how I have I have three girls. I have a thirteen year old, a fifteen year old, and a twenty four year old. And my baby girl had asked me, um, what was my what what I think my favorite age was. What was my favorite age? And I was like, Well I hope I got another at least forty years on earth but for now <laughs> like I really felt at, you know, at twenty five, I think we all had that experience and I you know, say the young people think, you know, especially they look at us now, think we're so old. Um, 
at 25, I just thought, because I didn't think I was where I was supposed to be at 25, <laughs> that the world was going to end. And we just have so much more life to live, and we should always be constantly evolving and changing and shifting to be better people and create a better universe. And the L is to be legendary. We all want to leave a legacy. We all want to leave something behind that people can, that people can remember us by. You know, we may not all have money to leave our, 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 you know, loved ones, but we have our good name to leave. You know, I don't need my name on a building or, or I don't need a street name after me, but I want to know that I've touched lives and I've le- left a legacy not only for my children but the world. So being a, a conscious rebel, R-E-B-E-L, is about being revolutionary, extraordinary, bold, evolving, and legendary. Hmm. I'm trying to write it in the room as you say it mm-hmm. <laughs> so people can actually remember that. So if I mess up, oh, well. Will do. I'm trying to get the will excellent. I, I loved it when I first heard it. I'm like, I have to get her to tell everybody <laughs> about that because it, it was never put like that to us. It was never put like that to me. It's like, okay, a conscious rebel, come on now. Yeah. You already said we all, we all rebels at our jobs because people yeah. look at us like we're crazy, yeah. you know. And I'm like, they look at me like I'm crazy too. It's like I'm, I'm trying to figure. Okay, that's dumb. You decided to yeah. do this now, but you know, but it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Revolutionary, extraordinary, bold, ever evolving, and legendary. Yeah. Because we can't quit, get caught up in a place where we're not evolving in life, where we're not evolving. Nope. We can never get, and many of us do. You know, sometimes yeah. we get stagnant. Yeah. You know, we get stagnant and we just get caught up in a rut. It's like, okay, I'm not going anywhere. Or sometimes I've heard a person say they 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 don't know what their purpose is anywhere because they've gotten that place in their life where they don't know what their purpose is and we can can't let them or as a friend you wouldn't let them get like that. So no. we can't let a person ever get in a place where it is they don't know what their purpose is because we can't do that. And I, and I think it's so, to me, I, I really think that's sad when they're adults who are in their 40s, 50s, even older, who don't know what their purpose is, what they're here to do. But because, because we all have a purpose. We've all purpose to do something. But no one, you know, no one really gets asked that question. What do you purpose to do? It's, what you want to be when you grow up? How are you going to get a job? And are you going to college? Okay? It's more to life than that. So we need to tap into people. Because when you work in, when you work in your purpose, like I said, I love what I do every day. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Amen. And yeah, and I'm evolving now. When I started my business in 2013, because even though I love being a school counselor, my gifts are much greater than four walls. I can't be confined to that. And I can service so many more babies other than the, the one, and I love them to death, <laughs> but I can service so many more children in a larger capacity. So I need to evolve into something else to help more children. So we should always be evolving and changing and, and want to create a wave, not a ripple in this world. And the L is always going to be my favorite. You want to be legendary. legendary. You want people to say, hey, you want to leave a legacy. You want people like, okay, whatever happened to that person, they've changed. They got themselves together. And now they are leading and living a legacy, and they, yes. when they're gone, they become legendary. 
Yeah. Any comments, Michelle? Oh, I love it. And I, I'm I'm trying to live every day to be legendary. But I think that, that one is uh the one that I like the most because we definitely want to leave something behind positive yeah. for, you know, just people at mm-hmm. large, definitely your family, uh, but that but for people at large just um, if you bring something to the table and you're able to leave the world better, and I, I heard that somewhere, leaving the world better than when you found it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if you're able to do that, then that is one of the most awesome things you can do. So I love the, the legendary. Yeah. Excellent. We're winding down to our last five minutes of the show. So if you still want to call in or have any comments, you can leave them in our page. And um, I'm sure Felicia will get back to you. I'll ask her one more time as we're winding down the show um, to leave us her um, information one more time for those who um, didn't get a chance. So, Felicia, please leave us your information. We're about a little under five minutes of the show left. So on Facebook, I'm Felicia Meadows. You go to my Facebook page, you'll have Step Up Your Life. That's my motto, in parens. Um, on Twitter, at Felicia G. Meadows. And I can also be reached via email at Felicia.stepupyourlife at gmail.com. And I wanted to share, too, as a kind of have to mention this. On the 29th, August 29th, I will also be hosting a two-hour, excuse me, live class on how to be a conscious rebel. So I can also share Excellent. that yeah, in the group. On the Saturday 29th from 10 to 12, I'll be hosting a session, and I'll post that information as well. Or if someone wants to reach out to me and get a copy of the book, they can feel free to inbox me, and we can make it happen. Excellent. Um, and our favorite friend and mentor, any comments, uh, Ms. Wall? Uh, you know, I want to I want to kind of piggyback on what Felicia said quickly. Uh, her motto is a conscious rebel. Don't be an unconscious rebel. Uh, it, you know, it brought me back to the, the 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 infamous new Black Panthers out there in Texas, I believe. And I said, Oh, they have a new Black Panther, and they said, Well, their motto is Oink Oink, kill the pigs. I'm like, I almost Oh Lord. Oh, no. I'm like, Wait a minute. I'm like, Wow. What are you saying? Yeah. I'm like, you're a rebel, and that's what you came up with? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. Don't be an unconscious rebel. Don't be an unconscious rebel, because no one's going to take them serious. They're not going to be revolutionary. They're not evolutionary. They are de-evolving by Mm -mm. their statement alone. So there's a difference between being an unconscious rebel and a conscious rebel. And tonight, trust me, she's very conscious, too. She's definitely yes, good and conscious because if she can shut me up, then you know that she's on point. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm gonna leave that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna leave that. We're gonna leave that alone. We're gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, as they say, as they say in the song, there is a God somewhere. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I know where it's <laughs> meant. <Yeah. laughs> oh my and gosh! So we, you know we love you. Love you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. We are now winding down, ladies, and I enjoy. 
funny. You guys made my night tonight. It was such a beautiful discussion, and I would like to, you know, give thanks to our host, our guest tonight, Miss um, Felicia Meadows. You know, she was our she we had our first live interview with a first conscious rebel if you haven't heard anywhere you heard it now the conscious rebel thank you so much and we just thank her for everything that she's done tonight and um as we're closing out um i would like you guys to go to my website www.hezekiahmontgomery.com and i actually post a show later on this evening about tomorrow so you can listen to it Sign our guest book. We're still doing the fundraiser for Rediscovering Kai the Play. Check on our website to the GoFundMe link and it will take you to our backers page. Our goal is to raise um, $5,000 for that. And again, please, and again, please sign and support the cause. Ladies and my fantastic audience of this evening, this is Heather. Oh. And I'll see you all at the mirror. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith. In your trial, in your test, in your hard times.